Professor Jeremiah McCoy, the monstrous ecologist. I have been asked by the esteemed Jeff Greiner here on the Tome Show to help enlighten his listeners to the various vagaries of villainous flora and fauna, the Zibi monsters. In these tales from the desk of a monstrous ecologist, I will be digging into various inspirations for the monsters in D&D, both real-world and fictional, as well as the various iterations through the various editions. I will hopefully entertain you with some details you might not know. Maybe it will also give inspiration in how to use said monsters in your campaign. And now we take a moment for our sponsor, Noble Knight Games. If you have a desire to contribute to your collection for scholarly purposes, gaming materials, both old and new, you should try Noble Knight Games. Noble Knight Games is both a brick-and-mortar store and a web store as well. It is of great value to us scholars of all gaming material. Noble Knight Games has been a proud sponsor of the Tome Show, and we are proud to have them. Now, on to the material at hand. Where to begin such a discussion? Let us avoid the obvious examples. I may get to dragons at some point, but that is a large effort and will take some time. Let us instead begin with an equally iconic fiend from the history of D&D, namely the Beholder. Let us begin with a verse. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. The origin of that phrase is a little obscure. It has existed in some form or another since the 3rd century BC. Uh, there are other versions. Shakespeare had his take. Uh, Good Lord Boyette, my beauty, though but mean, needs not the painted flourish of your praise. Beauty is bought by the judgment of the eye, not uttered by the base sale of Chapman's tongues. What connects the phrase to the monster? Nothing, really, though the phrase clearly had something to do with the name of the monster. There are no legendary or literary previous versions of the Beholder. While it certainly has a few Lovecraft-like elements, it does not really fit the Lovecraftian mythos. It certainly is otherworldly, but it lacks the incomprehensible madness that is the hallmark of Lovecraft's work. No, the Beholder belongs to a wholly new realm, the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. It was invented in the earliest days. The idea came from a fellow by the name of Theron Kuntz and was detailed for publication by Gary Gygax. It appeared in D&D's first supplement, Greyhawk. At this point, we should discuss what a beholder is. 
The beholder is an aberration, an otherworldly and evil creature, which has a large bulbous body, which floats above the ground naturally. Uh, on this large body, which varies in size depending on the addition, is a large central eye. A number of eye stalks are usually found coming out of its top, usually around 10, though there are some variations depending on the species and edition. Now, the creature was only described with the barest information in the original supplement. The book lists hit points for the monster overall, and for each of the eye stalks should adventurers wish to attack them. It also lists the AC for those eye stalks and the body proper separately, again, in case they decide to attack the eye stalks. It is described as being a sphere, three feet across, and having ten eye stalks, with the large central eye added in there, it comes to eleven. Now, <clears throat> Again, the iconic and usual description is found here. Large, bulbous body, eye stalks, central eye. That is the common vision of what a beholder is, and will stay the same more or less through all the editions. Now, the rules specify that it can have up to four eyes attacking at any time. Well, a list of what those rays do. The rules are very spare here, and much was left up to Game Master interpretation that was common for the very earliest versions of Dungeons & Dragons. It also did not specify anything about the Beholders as a race. They are simply described as being chaotic neutral and avaricious. In the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons manual, the so-called first edition as it were, things become more clear and elaborate. There are more details about where beholders can be found, where they make their lair, and how they are apt to respond. The new version is slightly more powerful, and his alignment has shifted to lawful evil. The boxed set versions of D&D, which are from around the same time period, list its alignment as chaotic. Now, alignment is often variable through the various editions for various creatures, for various reasons. If you wish reliability on alignment, well, you will be disappointed in your scholarship. Now, <clears throat> once we move to the next edition, we start to get a much broader form of variety in the Beholder. The Eye Tyrant is the core version of this family of creatures. You end up with also having Beholder Kin. These are Beholder-like or perhaps Beholder breeds that exist alongside the Eye Tyrant. Uh, you have the Blood-Sucking Death Kiss, the Ocean-Dwelling Eye of the Deep. You have the Magic-Absorbing Gauth. You have the Lesser Guardian of Places, the Spectator. You have the Undead Death Tyrants, Ultimate and Powerful Hive Mothers, Mount Writing Directors, and the Officious Functionaries that are the Examiners. 
and so on. There are in fact so many variants introduced in second edition so as to become a whole class or subset of creatures onto themselves. While the Monster Manual for second edition lists many variants uh, and a still much more powerful Beholder, it is still a bit spare on details about the Beholder culture and nature. Even an ecology of beholders written by the great sages in Dragon Magazine, issue 76, only give a bit more info about the life cycle of the beholder and not their culture, though they are clearly intelligent beings. The book, I, Tyrant, actually begins to fill in some of the missing details. The beholder goes from a random and terribly dangerous mamber, uh, a random and terribly dangerous monster to a member of a complete race with gods and culture such as it is it also brings in some of the versions of the beholders that previously only existed in specific settings like spelljammer or dark sun third edition and 3.5 brought on some changes but largely the creature remains the same. Much of the work of the second edition was brought over to fit the much more toolkit-style rules found in 3.5. Now, you could change monsters to monster templates. You could have beholders with a lynch template uh, applied to it, or some similar terrifying concept. Also, during this era, the idea of adding classes to your creatures was introduced. There was a prestige class introduced in the book Lords of Madness. Uh, this uh, prestige class would place mage levels on top of the already ridiculously powerful Beholder. So we move into 4th edition. The 4th edition version initially reduces the number of variants. There is the Eye of Flame version, which is meant as a mid-level threat, and the Eye Tyrant, which is a much higher level threat. They are presented as big time fights, with the Eye Tyrant being a particularly unpleasant solo encounter. Beyond that, there's not a lot of new takes on the monster in general. There are variants in the various monster manuals that were published for 4th edition, but not a lot of lore. This edition often sacrificed lore to present monsters more efficiently. So, now we come to 5th edition, the current edition. Uh, Beholder has grown through the various editions, settings, and adventures. In the 5th edition, the Beholder resembles the base Beholder from the 2nd edition, with the Death Tyrant and Spectator versions as well. Volo's Guide points to a more complete picture of Beholder society and nature. The Beholders are a race of paranoid egotists, obsessed with proving they are the pinnacle of all life. The Beholder is a creature that rightfully holds a place of terror. They fire beams from their eyes, which cause a range of effects. It uses three of them a turn. Charm, fear, paralysis, slowing, innovation. Uh, that's direct necrotic damage. Uh, telekinesis, sleep, petrification, disintegration, death, which is even more necrotic damage. Now, 
Their main eye creates a field which suppresses magic to everything in front of it. It also is somewhat hard to hit. Believe it or not, the undead version of this is even worse. The Beholder is a mastermind, a controller, a direct physical threat. They are aberrants from beyond the material world, or even the, the Great Wheel of the Plains. In Eberron, they are associated with Dekir and the Zoyat. In Spelljammer, they would probably be an even greater threat than the Illithid if they ever stopped fighting each other. The Beholder is a master villain, but a flawed one. Their paranoia and egotism is a weakness. While they are vastly powerful and can compel great fear, and can plan over a very long period, they are incapable of letting someone respect them. They have no real loyalty, and command none, not even from their others of their own race. Would-be adventurers would do well to remember that. They make their lairs and places where they can carve in defenses, Attacking the Beholder in its home is the definition of dangerous. They lay traps, they make sure they are fighting on their terms. You will always be at a disadvantage when fighting in a Beholder's lair. Unfortunately, they are also unlikely to be found outside of that lair. They are more likely to have business conducted through dominated minions and stay in their safety. However you deal with them, a Beholder is not to be underestimated. If you don't have to confront one, maybe you should choose not to. You could take up something more relaxing than an adventurer's life. Might I recommend scholarship, as it were. Well, this has been a discussion of the Beholder, its history and lore. I hope you enjoy our scholarly ramblings. Come again, and we will discuss another monster. Maybe we will make a scholar out of you yet. Well, my knowledge on this subject and many others is scholarly. I do have some practical experience as well, and a vast library of sources. It is possible, however, unlikely, I may still get things wrong. If you find an error in my report, kudos to you! If you hear such an error, let me know. I will mention you in a future corrections segment. Thank you for listening to The Monster Psychologist. Please check out The Tome Show and its various affiliate links on the website. You can also help support the show by visiting the Tome Show Patreon listed in the show notes. This has been the Monster Psychologist. I am Jeremiah McCoy, and thank you for listening.